0: Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of The Tactical Leader. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Daniel Blue, and we're going to talk about how he has built Quest Education into a high-impact business through the blueprint to your best retirement, which is his book, and overall unpack his journey of leadership. Before we begin, I want to remind you this show is brought to you by Nightly Productions. If you want to discover, embrace, and share your voice through podcasting, head over to knightly.productions to find out how we can help build that tactical content around your voice and help you deliver it. Daniel, welcome back to the show, my friend.
1: Zach, it's good to see you again, and I appreciate you having me on the show.
0: Man, I'm super excited. I know we have some good synergy just from hanging out out in Las Vegas with our boy, Travis Chappell. We can't really talk too much about those Vegas days, but it'll be a lot of fun to chop up the business side of stuff. And I want to give the audience just a a quick opportunity to learn a little bit more about you where you're a regular contributor to Forbes.com. You're the owner of Quest Education. As I mentioned, you have the blueprint to your best retirement. That's B-L-U-E, print to your best retirement, just like your last name. And that's an Amazon bestseller. You have a podcast, How Winners Win. Overall, you're just crushing it by helping entrepreneurs obtain capital for their companies, pay off high-interest debt, and you self-directed retirement accounts to invest in alternative assessments. So really focused on that financial realm of entrepreneurship. Before we dive into that and unpack everything you're doing there, what's a fun fact that we might not know about you?
1: I only have one kidney. So if you end up having like a hangover kind of month, Zach, and you're just out here drinking all month and you mess up your kidney and you need a kidney, like, don't hit me up. I only got one and I got to keep it. So I don't have two. So you're, you're out of luck, man.
0: Is there a fun story behind that or is there? A,
1: yeah, uh, man. So, and we'll probably get to this, but you know, when my parents got divorced when I was 12, my dad ended up moving to Mexico and we were really tight and that really broke my heart. And I suffered a lot of anxiety when I was like 12, 13. So I was just kind of like battling, like what was going on and like my stomach would always hurt. I'd get nauseous. And we saw all these like gastro, I'm probably going to say the name wrong. Like the doctors that study your stomachs and all that kind of state, you know, stuff. Right. So we're doing all all this, all these tests and eventually through one of the tests, the doctor's like, yo, did you know that your son, you know, he's, he's talking to my mom only has one kidney and it's what's called a horseshoe kidney. So like you could Google horseshoe kidney. It's basically your two kidneys are connected like a horseshoe, right? So you got two kidneys, but they decided to get really close and connected and they're one. Interesting. Interesting. So we'll we'll
0: unpack that a little bit as the story goes with your journey as a whole. And I really want to dive into that because I know family really sets the stage for a lot of things in the entrepreneurship world. And I mentioned earlier you're an entrepreneur, your podcast host, your speaker, the best-selling author. You really share your story. To many audiences, where you've had a ton of appearances, where did that like origin in business ownership, entrepreneurship? Where did that start? Was that a childhood? Were you like the lemonade stand kid, or how did you get started on this journey?
1: I wish I had this cool Gary V story, or I was like hustling out the womb, you know, going to swap meets and buying something for a dollar and selling it for ten dollars, or going to one neighbor's house and grabbing their flowers and then going to the next door neighbor and selling those free flowers for 10 bucks. But like, no, man, that wasn't me. Entrepreneurship wasn't something that, you know, I thought a lot about, or like now I want to work for myself and be my own boss and be a CEO and a you know corner office. That was not my mindset. Grew up skateboarding a lot, played sports. So I think that's where a lot of the competitive you know, side of me came from. And then when the divorce happened and now it's just my mom raising me, you know, finances were changed, right? Like we, you know, lived check to check and things really were a lot different. You know, when you go from having two Household, you know, two income earners in the household, two parents. Now you just got one, things change. So just looking back, and you know, I just thought, you know, I don't want to live broke. Like I don't want to live check to check. Like I want to ball out, you know, and this is me 14, 15 years old thinking I know everything. Right. And so that was really my mindset at that age. And Ended up just struggling through school. Like I was bitching, hanging out with the wrong crowd. And I just limped through through my senior year in, in, in high school and, and graduated, barely graduated. And then I just stumbled upon sales at 18, man. It was an interesting journey. When I was 18, a lot happened at that time. Ended up having a, a daughter. So that was definitely a game changer. Like I was pretty much a kid having a kid. So that wasn't obviously planned. I was just a knucklehead 18 year old. And then I dropped out of college, you know, society told me I needed to go to school. I went to school for three months and then dropped out. And then I ended up getting addicted to Oxycontin. Started at 18 years old and I was addicted to Oxycontin. For those that don't know, it's a nasty opiate. It's pretty much like heroin in the form of a pill. I had battled that addiction for two years from 18 to 20. And, and I finally kicked the habit You know, during that two-year period of time. So all that happened. And then at 18, I found sales. And sales was the avenue that gave me the ability to create a pretty decent income. And then looking back, a lot of the entrepreneurship... Skills that I use today come from sales. Right? There's just a lot of synergy between those two.
0: What were you doing in the sales world? Were you doing like door-to-door stuff, or were you doing telemarketing sales? What realm of that were you hustling in?
1: So I was a roofer at this time. Yeah, you know, I started roofing when I was 17 years old in in school. Uh, I was making 16 bucks an hour, and I thought I was like just the shit. And this was in St. George, Utah. And St. George, Utah is is really hot and like 100 degrees, 110 degrees in the summer. So I'm on these roofs, just sweating and not knowing what I'm doing with my life. I'm just like, okay, I just graduated high school, I'm 18. Like I'm making $16 an hour, like I'm a baller, let's go. And I ended up meeting somebody that I ended up at his house for like a Halloween party. And I remember walking in his house, and his house was just like one of the nicest houses I've ever seen. I'm 18 years old, haven't really been exposed to the world a whole lot. And I saw his house and I was just like looking around. I was like, man, you got a nice house, dude. And he's like, thanks. I was like, what do you do for work? He's like, I'm in sales. I'm like, right on. And he could see I was intrigued. And he's like, what do you do for work? I'm like, I'm a roofer. He's like, do you like it? I'm like, hell no. He's like, you want a job? I'm like, well, if this job gave you this, like, yeah, I'm interested, bro. So the next day I show up at the office and it's just this massive telemarketing floor. All these dudes, you know, got Beamers and Mercedes Benz. This is not in 2008, right? There's no Teslas, right? So the Beamer was like, you know, whoa. Styling and I, her yeah, man. <laughs> and I see all these cars, like these nice cars. And I'm like, okay, these dudes are making money. And it was uh, like in the real estate sales coaching space, Calling some infomercial leads. So that's where I, you know, got my feet wet.
0: And I imagine that that was a bit of a transition going from roofing into sales. Would you say you're normally that that like gift of gab type where you can make small talk, you can talk to a brick wall, can you like just bullshit really well? Like, how'd you get into sales to be successful like that?
1: No, man. I think it just came from a drive of being competitive. You know, my first job was 16 years old. I worked at a grocery store. I, you know, mopped the floors, I got the grocery carts that, you know, were in the parking lot, I got them inside, I bagged groceries. When I went to work every day, I wanted to be the best damn grocery bagger there was, right? I wanted to be the fastest, I wanted to be the best. I just wanted to crush it. And that was a mindset I think came from, you know, seeing my mom, she's a hustler, you know, never complained and always performed at a high level. And then sports, you know, sports, no one likes to lose, right? Like we're trying to win. So I think that mindset was instilled in me at a young age. And then uh, when I got into sales it's the same concept, you know, day one, I'm like, okay, who are the dudes that are making the most money? Like who are the top performers? Okay. Let me see what they're doing because if they they can do it, I can do it. Okay. They come in early. All right, cool. I'm coming in early. Okay. They stay in late. They stay late. Okay. I'm staying late. Oh, should they work Saturdays? I'm here Saturday, you know, and I'm, I'm listening and studying their habits, you know? So I, I think it's important that we all, no matter how far along we are, like just find other people that are doing it better than you are. And there's success leaves clues, you know? So there's always some things that you can pick up and have that mindset of being a student of the game. So you can keep growing.
0: And did you find as you transitioned away from, Selling other stuff to selling your own stuff, the entrepreneurship realm, starting your own business with Quest and everything you're doing there. It, did you find it to be a difficult transition for you to start talking about your own stuff and like step into that limelight more? Cause now Quest is a seven figure a year business. So, like, you're, you're successful. You've obviously sold it pretty well. Did you find that transition be difficult
1: into that entrepreneurship space? Yeah, there's definitely challenges and it was more so like from the structure. And what I really mean by that is like I can talk, right? I go back to playing sports. Like I was never the best on the team, but I was usually like a leader on the team. I was usually a captain on the team. So the, my ability to rally the troops and, you know, talk with the team and sell the vision, right? Like we're losing at halftime and getting our ass kicked and it's like, "Dude, let's be another half to play." Like, "Let's go, boys." So that part I was able to do, but as far as like actually running a company and the finances and the KPIs and processes and structure and systems and SOPs, like that's not a strength of mine. Right. And and that's a a growing pain of an entrepreneur, as far as being able to delegate and, and hire people that are smarter than you and knowing your weaknesses and getting the right people in the right places. Right. So like, to me, it's, it's easy to sell. But as far as growing and scaling a business and the structure, you know, hiring, firing a culture, like it's not the easiest thing. It can be done. Right. There's a lot of companies that are doing way better than me that are doing it. So it can be done. But, you know, you just got to know which, you you know, you got to have that self-awareness. So there was that transition where I realized I'm like, okay. I've been a high-performing employee for a number of years, and I'm pretty good at it. And I've been able to make some money moves with my credit and my finances where I can start my own thing. Like, There's no reason why I can't do it. So it was never like a master plan of, like I want to be a business owner when I'm 27 years old. It was more like the stars aligned, and I knew it was time to take action. And I had my ducks in a row. I knew it was going to take a lot of money and sacrifice to start a business. And again, I'm competitive. Like, Let's see if I can make it happen.
0: And a lot of that, you're just talking about making money moves, that's really shifted into everything you're doing with Quest where you have even an online course, the Quest Way, and it really focuses on what financial advisors and CPAs aren't telling you, which means you, you've obviously done something creative with your finances and you have now afforded that into the knowledge you're putting out there. Can you unpack that a little bit for us of like, what is the quest way? What are people not understanding about their finances?
1: Yeah. So I can relate to a lot of the people listening right now, or maybe you just started a business and, and you're kind of stressed out, or maybe you're a nine to five employee and, and you're thinking about starting a business, right? Like We have all been an employee at some point in time. You know, maybe you were fortunate enough where you were an entrepreneur at 18 and you never had a punch a clock and that's awesome. But most of us were an employee at some time and we made that transition. We made that leap. And, you know, I made a lot of mistakes in my early 20s. You know, I didn't care about my credit score. I didn't understand how the credit score worked. I didn't understand the power of OPM and other people's money and leveraging 0% credit cards and just realizing that a credit score is a game. And then I didn't understand the concept of being able to access your IRA or 401k money penalty and tax-free. You know, that was like, whoa, I had no idea that existed. And that's just because of the way that we're conditioned to think people and a lot of the wall street companies, these big financial companies, these financial advisors, they make money based off of the money you have in in their retirement accounts that they've helped you set up. So they don't want to teach you a lot of the things that I'm going to talk to you about on on this podcast. And there's a way for you to access your retirement account money penalty and tax-free now without having to wait until you retire. And there's a way for you to do that without having to pay 30% penalties and taxes. And I'm not going to hold anything back because everything I say on this podcast, like this is all public information. Everything I'm going to share isn't like some marketing strategy that I just came up with. Like this is all IRS code. It's been around for decades. So the plan that we help people set up is called the solo 401k. It's a plan that's been around for a long time and it's a retirement account for Entrepreneurs. And it allows you to access your retirement account money penalty and tax-free. And you can use the money however you want. And and a big problem that we solve in the Marketplace Act is there's a lot of people that want to start a business or are a new business owner and they have high interest rate credit card debt. You know, they're paying 15, 20% in interest on their credit cards. Meanwhile, their 401k or their IRA is making them 8% a year. Well, if their retirement account is making them 8% a year, but their credit card debt's costing them 20% a year. Like that's hard to win when the math is working that way, right? Like you're losing money faster than you're making money. So we teach people, hey, look, if you have a 401k or an IRA, there's a possibility for you to move that into the solo 401k and then take that money out penalty and tax-free and then use that money to pay off your high interest rate credit card debt in one shot. So now you're not making payments back to the credit card companies Instead, you're just paying your solo 401k back. You're paying your retirement account back. You're your own bank at this point. So now you're debt-free and then you're replenishing your retirement account back. So you're not robbing from your future. And then now you can wake up the next day and be like, holy cow, I'm not losing 20% interest. Now my credit score went up. Now I can go get a 0% credit card to invest in my business, or I can go get business credit so I can invest into some marketing. Right. So, what we teach is just another tool in the tool belt. And, you know, it's not for everyone because everyone's situation is a a little bit different. But, you know, we're very passionate about bringing this information to the front of the room. So, at least people are aware that it exists.
0: Obviously, you didn't start in this realm. Like, this isn't necessarily, or did you go to school to, like, where did you learn all this information? Because this is something that is a little bit more granular in the tactical aspect of business ownership and entrepreneurship finances. Where'd you learn all of this? Is it a resource, or did you just study the heck out of this code and figure out right, here's a way to utilize and optimize?
1: Yeah. So when I was, you know, taking it back to in the real estate space, you know, selling on the phones, I would be talking to people all over the country, you know, clients that use their retirement account to flip a property, using their retirement accounts to flip a house, do a rental deal inside their retirement account. And I'm like, I didn't know this is possible. Like I thought a retirement account is what you use to buy Nike stock. Like I didn't know you could use it to invest into real estate and that's when the whole self-directed retirement account world was ingrained in me. And this was over 10 years ago. So it's been, you know, something I've studied for quite some time. It's all public information. It's very boring, right? That's why most people don't pay attention to it, but I've been very fortunate to have surrounded myself with people that really know the game and know the craft, you know. Right now I've got about 13 employees. You know, we've got decades of combined experience in this space. And obviously rules are always changing, so you know, we've got to make sure that, you know, from a compliance standpoint, we're set up properly. The thing I love about it is we're not financial advisors. Like we don't sell investments. Like I'm not here on this podcast, if you ever got on the phone with my team, they're not going to pitch you an investment. They're not going to sell you real estate, sell you stocks, sell you insurance. We don't sell investments. We sell solutions. You know, if we can solve a big problem that you have in your life right now, that's how you're going to win. And maybe your problem is high interest rate credit card debt. Maybe your problem is, you know, you need $20,000 in funding for your business and you're you're a startup and getting funding for your business at this point in time is challenging. Well, if we can teach you, Hey, look, you can use your retirement account penalty and tax-free to fund your business. So you're one step closer to breaking free from your nine to five job. Like that's a win. You know, and so it's a matter of taking that kind of approach and figuring out, you know, where they are and and how we can help them get from point A to point B. But going back to your question is definitely a lot of you know self-kind of teaching, you know, surrounding ourselves with some higher level people and then actually doing it, right? Like, you know, we've got over a thousand customers in all 50 states. There's really not a whole lot of situations that we have not seen. So, you know, and I think that's a, a rule for a lot of entrepreneurs is a lot of times we get so overwhelmed with like shoot i'm like am i qualified and it's easy for us to have that kind of thinking you know I'm, I'm 32 years old i own a financial company i very easily could look at other people that have suit and ties and have a big hedge fund office in new york city and you know have a boardroom and you know a board of directors. It's like, okay, cool. That's what they do. But there's still room in the marketplace for a company like ours that takes a different approach. So don't get intimidated and think that you you can't do something. Obviously, you want to make sure that you're not in your mom's basement, you know, selling a $10,000 business coach, of course, and you've never done a business, right? Like there is that, but there's people out there that, that need your help. And, you know, that definitely goes for, you know, who we're wanting to get in front of.
0: And a lot of that goes towards the mindset it takes to succeed, right? And you've talked about it before where you know, you're know you going from being addicted to the Oxy side of things into CEO and in that mindset of being a business owner, a big piece of what you, you've talked about before is being grateful for like these misfortunes that are happening for you, not necessarily to you. Can you talk to us a little bit about the positive spin you've had in your mindset to go from having something that was just dominating your life, like an addiction to now shifting that into this successful mindset
1: and this winning mindset, like you were just describing? I think there's a point in time where something has to trigger in your brain to to take a different approach. And what I really mean by that is like, when I went through some of the adversity growing up, like when my dad left, that was something where I took the approach of, Like, okay, well, why are my friends getting to hang out with their dads? Like their dads are showing them how to drive a car. Their dads are showing them how to tie a tie. How come I don't get that, right? So like, that was the approach that I took. That's a victim mentality. And really enough time has to go by. And that's why, you know, having podcasts like this and it's amazing is we're in 2022, we can get a ton of self-help out there. However, like you have to really hit a certain point where it registers, where you flip the switch. And for me, it was when I had my daughter. That was when my switch got flipped. And I actually held my daughter in my arms. I'm just like, dude, like I forgive my dad. Like I'm grateful that I even had him from the time I was born until I was 12 years old. I'm grateful that when he left, it allowed me to get close to my mom. It taught me how to be more creative in being a teenager and learning how to live life without a father. Like, man, I'm grateful because I had to freaking grow up fast and like, I'm so glad it happened that way. Like I would choose that again. Like if I had a choice. So then you just switch the way you look at things where you take the shit that's thrown your way and it's okay to feel like shit when it first happens. Like I'm just like, you listen to this podcast. Like I get negative sometimes. Like there's no way that you're positive every single moment of the day. Like that's bullshit. So like there's days where I catch myself slipping, but like it has to change where it's like, okay, I'm done pouting for the last 30 minutes. Now I got to move on. Like, where's the positive spin in this? Like what, what, What's good that's going to come out of this, right? And there's always something good that's going to come out of it, right? And that's up to you to find that.
0: I love that. I was just listening to another podcast, Ed Milet's pod, podcast, and he had Tony Robbins on. And Tony Robbins is like one of those, like you just think of him as like a positive dude, right? He's always like high energy, high positivity. And he was talking, and Ed asked him, he's like, "How often are you positive? Like, give me a percentage of times you're positive." And he's like, "Well, it's not all the time." And I think that's like an interesting thing is sometimes you see, and I don't think Tony Robbins like misrepresents who he is as a person, but like you see the positivity, you see the happiness all the time. But like that down swing, it happens to all of us. And I think that's a big thing to understand. Like you're talking about, it's like, it's okay to be in your fields for like five
1: minutes. Yeah. It's not okay to stay there. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You remember uh, Tony Robbins and Shallow How? Mm-hmm. It's like, it's terrible. I, he's got the I power COVID, Hit him in the forehead. <laughs> when I had COVID, me and the wife were just like, man, let's watch something we haven't watched. We're like, "Shallow how, dude? And we have watched that forever. And that's just such a classic. And just Tony Robbins in there is just, is great. I love that dude.
0: And that's like kind of the mindset shift you have to take, right? Is like, you just have to snap out of it at some time. But has there been a person, a catalyst, a coach, a mentor, something that you go to in those moments where it helps you flip the script in your head?
1: For me, it's definitely some kind of exercise. Like this is where you just got to know your body and know what what makes you tick. And for me, it's like when I get my blood flowing, like when I go play soccer, when I go run outside, when I go to the gym, right? Like that's one thing that can flip my switch very quickly. And then I'm, I'm grateful for, you know, certain people in my life, you know, definitely my mom is a role model looking back, you know, she went from, you know, having a husband in the house and we were a happy family in a, in a cul-de-sac living, you know, we weren't balling, but we were, you know, middle-aged or middle-income. We weren't poor by any means. And then all of a sudden, like he just leaves and doesn't come back and doesn't say why he left. And now it's just my mom and I, and I never once caught her complaining, talking shit about him. She just worked like every day she just worked. So that was something that I think helped me get past the victim mentality where it's like, okay, you got dealt a shitty hand. So what? Like there's people out there that get a shittier hand that they're dealt with and they're doing better than you doing you're doing in terms of what they're performing with that hand so i think it's really easy to get caught up in our own feelings like you said but you just got to you know make sure that you're not Sulking in that too much and you figure out what makes you tick to get out of that zone and obviously that's going to be something that you do personally whether it's meditating or reading or you know whatever it is as long as it's healthy and then you got to surround yourself with the right people that you know the tribe that you feel that you know it's good for you you know I'm lucky to have that
0: yeah i love that and i think that's huge to recognize and i love that you hit the point of you have to recognize what works for you. Right. I'm a huge introvert. Like when we were out in Vegas, like after Vegas and a weekend in Vegas and conferences and all this stuff, like I have to go like chill for like a day or two. Right. I know if I don't, I get into that downflow. If I don't recharge myself, What do you listen to when you're working out? Are you a music guy? Do you have that flow? Are you a podcast guy, audible? What kind of recharges you while you're working out? Or are you that like weirdo with dead silence that doesn't listen to anything?
1: I wish I had a little bit more silence in my life because I feel like for me to lift some heavier weight, I need some like heavy rock, man. Like I need some music. Just depends on the mood, man. Like I specifically drive 20 minutes to the gym, just because that's my time to listen to an audiobook, For example, that's where I get my audio time in. And then like when I'm warming up or stretching, it's a podcast, but when I'm like pumping the the weights and, you know, going down that path, it's a playlist that gets me going, you know, some DMX, some Eminem, some, some corn, you know, some system of a down old school
0: stuff. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I love that, man. And that's something that I think it can be like a combination of things, right? There's some days where I'll listen to, and I, I like Ed Mylett's podcast because he usually has that more inspirational stuff, right? Yeah, Sometimes yeah. you need that. There are other times where I just, like you're talking about, you just need the music to kind of like jam as you're going and, and vibe out with it. And is there, you were talking about, also like getting in your, your mindset for shift of things. Is there something you do in the meditation realm? Do you journal? Do you read? Is there something that you do with that mindset piece outside of the gym?
1: You know, I'll be real with you, man. I I struggle with meditation. Like I'll fall asleep sometimes, dude. Like, and I know you're great meditation right there. (laughs) You know, so I use that calm app. Yeah. So I'm not as consistent as I'd like to be with it, but I try to do it as often as I can. There is a thing I do every single morning that I cannot not do because my son, my fur baby will get mad at me. I play fetch with them every single morning. That's my time to just like kind of just think about how I'm going to attack the day, kind of just reflect on yesterday and then just, you know, get some nature time with him. So I get, you know, some time to chill with him. So that's definitely part of my routine. And I think that's, again, part of, you know, everyone's different. You got to find a routine though, because when you don't have a routine, you are going to get in a funk. Like when I had COVID, I was off my routine. I was in a funk. Your routine doesn't have to be, 5 a.m. journal, 5.15 gym. You know, that's cool. I think that's the cool thing to say these days is, you know, I wake up at 4.30 and go to the gym. And then the next person that posts on Facebook's like, "Why well, get up at 15, go to the gym. You know what I mean? So it's just like, don't get too caught up in, in that. Find out what works for you, where you're productive and you can find some consistency and your body is going to learn to respond to it in a really good way. So I think we all need a routine in some way, shape or form.
0: Yeah, I agree in that structure and framework. A lot of people during COVID and as you got virtual, it really shifted that mindset of things, right? Where they lost the framework of having a boss or supervisor tell them, hey, these are the parameters you have to operate within. And I'm really curious to ask and shifting back to the business and everything you're doing with Quest, can you talk to us a little bit about where you're going with the business, what your vision for the business is, anything you're struggling with right now, post-COVID, what, semi-post-COVID, as is, is we're moving through into a different world and a different avenue?
1: Yeah, really, it is a matter of figuring out how I can remove myself more, not so I could just chill all day and, and not work. But there's a certain point for your business to grow, like you have to remove yourself from the equation And not to the point where you're aloof and you have no idea what's going on, but where the day-to-day decisions aren't having to go through you, right? Because the ultimate goal that you want is to be on a beach one day, to be in a cabin one day, to be on vacation with your family one day, to pick up and just do whatever you want one day and just know that money is still hitting your bank account to know that business is still happening and it's all happening without you being involved, right? Like find me someone that doesn't want that. Right. Right. That's like freedom, right? The dream we all have for. Yeah. So we're all after some kind of freedom, whether it's financial freedom, time, freedom, right. And a business allows you to do that. Right. So you don't get there overnight, right. In the beginning, you're in the weeds, you're getting on the phone and selling, you're writing out emails to, you know, copy, you know, your training, right? Like a lot has to go through you. So I'm I'm at a point now where it's a matter of, you know, getting the right pieces in the right place and moving certain people up and hiring some new people, you know, hiring is, was definitely really tough last year. We've noticed some good signs in hiring so far this year. So we've been able to make a few hires, which has been nice. And just, slowly but surely removing me where like my management team can make a lot of decisions and they're empowered without me having to be involved where I'm not the bottleneck. So then that way I can spend more time working on the business. Right. And most of the time, you know, when you hear working on the business, Know what I think about are you know new marketing strategies, a new affiliate relationship, a new product or service that you can promote, a new piece of value that you can add to your existing clients, like right, like something that's like super creative, that's high value, you know, that doesn't involve you looking at a spreadsheet or you know, reminding someone to do their job, right? Like that's why you have managers, that's why you have a team, that's why you have processes and structures and systems in place so your business can run without you. So that's where I'm I'm at right now, and we're getting there. I love that. It's you're well on
0: your. Your journey and on your path to creating that beach life and that cabin life, man. And I love seeing and hearing the success, especially given the journey you've been on, where obviously it didn't start in the prime way that you everybody would love for it to start, right? Going all the way back from the childhood and everything we've covered. And i really love to know as you're building this and you mentioned you have the kiddo, you got the wife, you're building all of this and you're putting all this information out there. What's really truly the legacy you're going to leave on the world with everything you're putting into it?
1: You know, I'm far removed from like the beach life all the way. I'm a beach bum. Like my dream is I'd love to just be in sandals and board shorts and just find seashells and sand dollars every day, all day. Right. Like I'm just, you know, a basic dude in in that respect, but I'm only 32. Right. So like I'm ways away from that. You know I'm an entrepreneur now, right? So I'd love to find other problems I can solve in the marketplace. And you know, whether it's starting another business, I tell people, and we all know this, so it's not like I made this up, but there's passions and purposes, right? And and we all hear, like I'm gonna paraphrase it and I'll probably mess it up, but you know, the point I'm trying to make is like if you do something that you love then you're never working a day in your life, right? And it's just like, it's so cool to hear like, oh man, just find something you love doing and like, you never are working. Like you should be doing something you love, like and be passionate about. And it's like, that's cool, man. But like, is that real life, right? Because not everyone is in that position. Actually, most people aren't in that position. Where I'm at, like I don't eat and sleep retirement accounts. Like that's not something that I'm like ultra, ultra passionate about. However, you do need to make sure in order to make sure that you're fulfilled and you are satisfied and you are quote unquote happy is you do need to make sure that the life you're living, there's some kind of purpose behind it, right? So like, let's use me as an example. I'm not the most passionate about 401ks and IRAs and investments, like just being real. I like it, but it's not like what number one passionate But my purpose is being fulfilled. And what my purpose is, is making an impact. Like it's always been making an impact. Like when I was playing soccer at 13 years old, I wanna make an impact. I wanna help our team win. I wanna make my other teammates better. Like that was my purpose. Same thing here. I wanna provide a way for my employees to live their life and take care of their families. I wanna provide an opportunity to change our clients' lives. Right, like that's impact that we're providing. And that's why I show up every day and I'm passionate about what I do to an extent because my purpose cup is fulfilled. Where it's tough is when your purpose cup is not filled and your passionate cup is not filled. Like, if you're operating on E on both of those levels, it's tough. And maybe right now you're in a funk right now. You don't like your job. You don't like your boss. You don't like to go to the gym in the morning. You're just slacking off. Okay, like what you're doing day in, day out, do you have passion in it? Do you have purpose in it? And you probably don't, which is why you feel the way you do. So you got to figure out a way, like, how can you get one of those filled? The end goal is to have both of those cups filled. Like my passion cup is full. My purpose cup is full. Like life is freaking can't even get better than this. And for me, that's a full circle. Like I love sports. I'd love to be able to one day have like a a massive facility and I've got kids coming. Where they're playing soccer, they're playing basketball, there's coaches, there's teams, you know, there's directors of the leagues, like, and we're serving kids that were like me that are missing a parent in the household, you know, they're ditching school, right? Like, that's our future as a country, right? Like, if we can shape our youth, like, we're gonna have a great future. And sports is a gateway where they can learn discipline, responsibility, teamwork, learning how to win, learning how to lose. That shit's life skills that can help them down the road. So at that point, when I have that, Dude, that's my purpose because I'm impacting and that's my passion as well, right? So I just know I'm not there yet, but I have a path and I have a vision to, you know, sooner or later get there.
0: I love that. It's definitely an amazing journey that you're on and I love hearing more about it. And I want to give the audience the opportunity to hear more from you and connect with you. Obviously, Quest Education, the How Winners Win podcast, the Quest Way course, you uh, also contribute to Forbes. I mean, there's so many different avenues and so much content you're putting out there. What's the best way for them to go hold of you and connect with you?
1: Yeah. Best place would be danielblue.me. So that's danielblue, Blue B-L-U-E.me. That website, you can get a bunch of free information, a bunch of free content for you to learn, you know, how to make some financial improvements, gives you access to my book, Blueprints Your Best Retirement Account. Uh, it just helps you access your retirement accounts penalty and tax-free and just gives you some tactical information to help you. And and then if you're someone that's got a 401k from an old job or an IRA, and as you're listening to me, you're like, holy cow, like how come I'm just hearing this now? I had no idea I could access my retirement account penalty and tax free. Well, I mean, if this is true and I can do this, and I'm here to tell you this is true. This is all IRS approved. Like this is not something that you know I just made up. It's not something that's shady, like this is legit approved by our government. So if you're thinking, well, I can access this money. I didn't know. I'd love to use this money to start a business, pay off my credit card debt, et cetera, et cetera. If that's you, there is a form for you to fill out some basic information where my team can reach out to you and see if we can help you. So a lot of resources. And then my social media handles are are on that site as well.
0: Awesome, Daniel. I love it, man. I'm super stoked to have had you on and I appreciate all the wisdom you've shared. And Of course, I encourage everybody to come back to Tactical Friday, where you're going to help unpack more about the. Quest Way, everything you're doing with the blueprint to your best retirement, and give us some great tactical action steps to accomplish, man. Thanks so much for your time today, brother. Yeah, appreciate uh, being on the show and always great chatting with you, Zach. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Tactical Leadership Podcast. And I hope you got a ton of value out of what we talked about today. I also want to remind you that this show is brought to you by Night Protection Services. If you're a leader in a small to mid sized business that does five to $10 million a year in revenue, and want to improve retention costs, which could actually add up to being twice your employee's salary, all through creating a safer work environment and saving up to 25% insurance costs, be sure to visit nightprotectionllc.com.